Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Well, welcome to another episode of Box Talk. I am here today with another affiliate owner. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? How's it going? I'm Gio Rockwell. I'm in Baltimore, Maryland, and owner of CrossFit Federal Hill and uh, CrossFit Cove. Awesome. Well, Gio, I always love to start out with just the background, you know, how you got into the CrossFit industry, how you became an affiliate, what happened to lead you down that path. So would you go ahead and just share that story with us? Of course. I was a phys ed teacher uh, in Baltimore, and then I moved out to California to chase the sun and the surf and the sand in 2009, and uh, that's where I discovered CrossFit. I was a personal trainer out there, and Typical story, kind of um, met somebody who just got their level one, so I jumped in it and got mine also, and then we found a warehouse, Buddy and I, about 1,500 square feet, and uh, opened up CrossFit Mission Gorge in California. That was my first affiliate, and um, from there, kind of learned all the lessons on um, business, uh, how to fail, how to succeed, how to get by, and it was a good time to get into CrossFit. It was uh, one of those first kind of waves of affiliate owners. So uh, not many people knew about it, but we were kind of able to ride that wave of Reebok and everybody learning about CrossFit um, to make our affiliates successful. Hmm. Interesting. And interesting that you bring up the wave metaphor because that's what took you out to California, it sounds like. Yes, I like that. That was not planned. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. So um, then what then have you found to be some of the biggest differences or what, what took you from the West Coast to the East Coast then? So coming back to the East Coast was um, – more of a, a life decision because my wife and I are both from here. Um, it didn't have too much to do with CrossFit, but I did kind of feel uh, anxious to get back here in 2012 because CrossFit was spreading rapidly. So I felt like I kind of wanted to stake out my territory in Baltimore and uh, become an established affiliate owner here. And uh, I think the timing w- worked out well. We ended up finding a great space in the city. And um, during that time, I feel like a lot of other affiliates opened up around us, and they continue to, but I feel like that was another um, kind of influx of people opening gyms right around 2012. And uh, yeah, we're really happy with being back here. We missed the West Coast, but um, this is kind of uh, where where we're from, so our our roots are here. Okay, that makes sense. So what have been maybe some of the differences you've seen between opening an affiliate in the West Coast to open an affiliate on the East Coast? The biggest difference is probably uh, concern about weather. Um, <laughs> on the the on the East Coast, there, the heating bill, we don't do the AC, but the heating bill is astronomical. On the West Coast, you know, you don't worry about HVAC and, and all those uh, things when you sign a lease and uh, get a building. So it was something that I knew about that was going to happen here, but um, definitely something to factor in when it comes to costs. Uh, as far as running the affiliate, being successful, developing community, developing coaches, it, it all is the same stuff. It goes back to um, really just having this unwavering desire to make your community tight-knit and make your coaching staff really appreciate every single athlete that walks through the door. Um, that is kind of the same on both, on both sides, East Coast and West Coast. Okay, no, that makes sense. And what are maybe the differences in community that you've seen? Are, are the demographics between the East and the West Coast, have those been different in terms of who you reach with your gym and who maybe comes and what kind of community you've grown? 
Yeah, in San Diego, we were, you know, close to uh, a military town. I think a, a lot of people are transient in San Diego. Um, so you, you do meet people that are from there. But it's it's not an uncommon thing uh, to do what my wife and I did. We, we knew a couple people from our, our town, actually, and a few people from college who go out there, try to live the, the West Coast dream for a little bit, and then realize that uh, when you have kids and get married that it's nice to be close to family. So it's definitely a more transient place. Um, Baltimore, people are a little bit more tied down. They're from here. A little bit more conversation of um, – where they went to high school, where they went to college, you can relate to them a little bit better. So, yeah, I would say the uh, the connecting to people might have been slightly harder in San Diego just because we weren't from there. Okay, versus versus on the East Coast, it's like you have roots. You you've been there. You, you knew what they were going through. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Cool. So since since you've opened a couple boxes you know you've had some experience you kind of know you might know some things about the business what have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned business wise uh that you could think that other affiliates could really learn from knowing um if you're thinking about just opening then i would make sure that you've done your homework on uh partnerships if you're going into any um thinking about the building you know you hear a lot about noise issues and parking issues just make sure you have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. And for me, that's not fun stuff. I don't love doing it. But if you put your head down for a day, you can really accomplish that. Um, and outside of that, I think everybody really talks about having an awesome community and the best coaches. But it's not about just saying it. It's about doing something about it. Uh, and I think when it comes to community, uh, in the beginning, it was really easy with CrossFit. Uh, when we opened up our first affiliate, uh, you just kind of had cookouts all the time. Um, you met up at different spots all the time and um, the community just kind of really formed easily. But I think now it takes some time and some effort. Um, we have a bigger gym in Baltimore, is about 300 people. So we're constantly trying to develop new ways to get them together. Um, there's people joining and leaving constantly. So what can we do as a group to actually promote community? Everything from uh, an in-house event this week that's coming up, we're doing the triple three on Friday night, trying to bring everybody together to um, heading out to like an indoor skydiving field trip and trying to uh, have people bond in that aspect. When it comes to the coaches, um, we do coaches meetings, we evaluate our coaches, and all of that stuff is really important. Um, anybody can uh, get the certifications, go through the seminars, but it really comes down to connecting with athletes and developing relationships. And uh, I think that's piece of leadership that a lot of owners need to have and really instill in their coaches. And um, it definitely takes a lot of work and a lot of practice, but it doesn't come down to the science of movement. It comes down to the science of relating to people. Yeah. Well, first off, can I come to your gym for that indoor skydiving event? Because that sounds like a blast. Yes, please, please. That's going to be fun. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. But and that's so interesting, just like what you said about coaches and their and their need to relate to people. How have you gone about, you know, teaching your staff the importance of that? How do you make it uh, as important to them as it is to you? Yeah, that's a great question, and it definitely um, had some bumps along the way. And it's something that I've constantly been trying to learn more about. And it really is goes down to me diving into leadership and uh, developing core values and and principles. Where before I thought was kind of fluffy, but it really helps to refer back to core values and principles and what you kind of revolve around as a community. And uh, from there, at the meetings, uh, when coaches are around, just constantly trying to 
not enforce it on them, but remind them that that's why they're there and what we're doing and there's a purpose behind all this. Where before, I think it's easy. Somebody walks into the gym, the coach maybe doesn't greet them by name. And for me, it's like a little thing. Should I say something? I'm not sure. It festers. Where now it's like, you know, Matt, next time they come in, make sure you say, hi, Sarah, how's it going? I know it's a little thing, but it's important. So those things in my mind go a long way. And um, if you can continue to foster that through your coaches, they'll realize how important that is. Yeah, it sounds like it really comes down to the details and, and focusing on the little things, the things that make people feel special and feel like they belong to a community. Yeah, it's really important. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people um, talk about this in, in other podcasts where it kind of depends on the coach, where you can't really teach the personality traits or um, teach people to be really likable. But I do believe if you have a, a good leader in place and you really kind of infiltrate that down from the top that you you can teach anybody how to be a better coach when it comes to developing relationships and connecting with people it just requires a little bit more work for some people we all know those natural people that are just outgoing they connect with people people want to be around them um but how can we harness that and get that into all of our coaches is something that i'm just constantly pursuing yeah no that sounds like that sounds like just a tough thing, especially for some people to teach them that, but it's, it's a necessary thing to teach them. So definitely. Yeah. That was, that was really well put. Yeah. What are you up to now then? You, you have these affiliates, you're, you're, you're a business owner. And I know we've talked a little bit about kind of currently what you're doing, but why don't you go ahead and just share with us some of the things that you are involved in now that are propelling your business forward, you know, and, and that you're, you're pouring yourself into in order to better your, your members, better your box and, and find success. Yeah. I think a lot of gym owners kind of, um, you know, maybe get to a point where it's, should I open up another affiliate or what else can I do? A lot of people have kind of scratched that entrepreneurial itch and they want to continue to expand. So, um, with my second affiliate, I was lucky enough to have two members at CrossFit Federal Hill help me open up uh, CrossFit Cove. And without them, I'm just a minority partner. Without them, um, I wouldn't be able to have two gyms and two affiliates. So I can't thank them enough. And then outside of that, um, I've I dove into a nonprofit that I've started at the gym and a podcast. Uh, the podcast is the Fourth Pole Podcast, and uh, it started out as a passion project. We had every coach on in the gym and and pushed it out to all the um, all the members. And then I started randomly emailing athletes like Chris Spieler and Sam Dancer and Becca Voigt, and now they've all been on the show because they're so gracious with their time. And it really provides us a great resource for the gym to kind of push to our athletes. Um, you know, Chris talked about the mental game and how he struggled with leaving CrossFit and how as an athlete he tries to, you know, relate to different workouts. And when you're having trouble with somebody in the gym, you can push them towards that content that you've been a part of and created. So it only puts you as more of the expert and then um, lets them learn a little about what they're struggling with also. So the podcast started out as a small thing, and now we're trying to, to grow it in, into, um, into really a resource for anybody who's willing to learn more as an athlete or a coach. Okay. No, that makes sense. How, how have you gone about deciding what to talk about in your podcast? I know maybe some affiliates are maybe looking to, to start podcasts themselves, but maybe they don't know what to talk about. How do you go about deciding we're going to have this person on? They're going to talk about this. Like what, how, what do you decide is a good resource for your members? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, in the beginning, it was it was a coach and I, John, and um, he's a real outgoing person. So we kind of rattled off a couple things that we thought members had struggled with. And um, the topics in the beginning were really elementary, how to get better at CrossFit, um, how to attack uh, a weakness, uh, CrossFit and pregnancy. We had two coaches that went through that. Um, and then uh, kind of the female issue of bulking up, you know, why it's okay for girls to do CrossFit. So you could do something as simple as like BS with one of your coaches. And I feel like come up with three or four topics that members have asked um, or take to social media and just kind of pull from what other people in the CrossFit community are asking about or talking about. Um, there's just so much within this sport to dive into. Um, I think there, there's plenty of ways to find that that uh, passion or those resources. You just have to look around for it. No, that makes sense. And why is it beneficial to have you know your own curated content, things that you're producing yourself, like a podcast? What what is the thought? The, the beneficial thought behind that that maybe you would say other affiliates should look into, whether it be a podcast or a vlog or, or something like that, why they should look into creating their own content. Yeah, another another good point. I, and at first it was kind of like I uh, battled with it because it takes time, right? You're you're producing this podcast, you're uploading it, you're paying for hosting. I mean, it's, it's pretty minimal in the big scheme of things. But um, now, even when I'm on the show, I think I learn a ton and I bring that back to the coaching staff and it kind of infiltrates through the affiliate. So even if you're just doing a vlog series like um, your own, talking about issues and problems, it's making you answer those questions out loud. And um, if you have guests on, then you're hearing their point of view. So it really brings clarity to um, your coaching, your vision, and then that will all kind of infiltrate down into the community and your athletes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. And then, also, what? Uh, how did you get involved with you know like Chris Spieler and 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 Becca Voigt? Was it just emailing them? Did you have connection? I'm sure some affiliates would love to know. How did you? How did you interview them? Yeah. Um, you know, and they're they're all great people, and I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but I think everybody likes talking about themselves. Um, you know, people enjoy kind of jumping on the podcast and um, telling their story. So, and then they always, a lot of the members, I didn't know you knew Chris or Becca. And it's like, I don't, I probably emailed 10 to 15 people that week. And um, they were the only ones gracious enough, gracious enough to write back and respond. So I think people enjoy it, but I also think it takes uh, a special person. And some of those uh, original CrossFit athletes might be coming down from the peak of their career and have a little bit more time to kind of talk and chat and spread the word about what they're doing. And then the other great way, if you're looking for any guests on the show, is to um, see what they're involved in. And if they have any business that they're working on, for example, Pat Barber was trying to get started with warm-up and workout. Um, he was real easy to get in touch with and have on the show because he was excited to spread the word about what he was doing. So, um, if you can find any of that, that's great because he he laid out a ton of advice, but also got to promote what he was doing a little bit, which was good for him. Yeah, always helpful. Always helpful to have kind of like a beneficial both ways on a podcast sort of thing. So for sure, yeah. So why don't we we're gonna leave the podcast? You gave some great advice, affiliates. You should you should maybe look into doing a podcast. It's not too hard. If I can do it, you can do it. So, it's not that bad. It really is. Not yeah. no, it's not. And let's talk about your nonprofit. I would love to hear more about that. What is it? What are you doing? How do you get started? 
The nonprofit is called the Community of Strength Project, and it started from just one kid coming in the gym maybe a week or two after we were open, inner city Baltimore kid, and um, you can't help but judge a little bit. He has to join, and you know they just don't have $100, $150 a month laying around to join. So I said, why don't you bring some buddies by tomorrow and you know, I'll work you out if there's anything you have. In the beginning, when opening an affiliate, it's probably a little bit of time in the middle of the day not too many members, not too many admin things to do. So they came by. It was about three or four of his friends. I put him through a few workouts. Um, I told a couple people in the community I was doing, um, and that kind of spawned the idea of I should make this into something, uh, something a little bit more. So a lawyer was a member at the gym, helped me establish the nonprofit, and we really just did some small community events there. Um, one of the coolest ones we did was Everybody brought in uh, a donation, and for every dollar that we raised, the kids had to do that many burpees over Christmas. So it was, Great, it was I'm awesome. Sure they, sure, they loved that. They they loved it. Yeah, yeah. They they were tortured a little bit, and the fun of it before I think excited them. But um, the cool piece was we took that money, and then uh, they bought toys that we donated for Toys for Tots. So they were stoked to like get more, even though they had to do more work because they felt like they were doing something so good. And then to go to Toys R Us with a thousand dollars cash and be able to hand them a couple hundred dollars was uh was cool. I don't think they've had the opportunity to give back in that sense. Um, everything from that to like seeing this like cart, you know, full of toys and stuffing them in my car and and driving them out, and you know, you get that feeling around the holiday time, and it was really special to uh, give that to them. Um, the other thing, not to just keep babbling on, is that it really has opened up an opportunity in the community to um, help me bring on another coach full time. So really the program was just um, kids coming in, I'm putting them through a workout, we do one or two fundraisers a year and then I help them um, if they're going to college with some extra money. So I raised enough money to then bring on a teacher who was formerly a coach with us and now she is full time running the nonprofit and then part time coaching at the affiliate. So now we're really kind of getting some legs under it. Um, we're doing a golf tournament coming up. We're going to do a big dinner in the fall. And um, we've expanded the program now to about 20 or 30 kids. So if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have been able to ask Blair to, uh, you know, maybe you could stop teaching and uh, you could just coach for me part time. Like I'm really having trouble with getting noon classes covered. <laughs> Doesn't sound appealing. But uh, if I say, hey, you can head out this nonprofit with me and um, you'll be a part of starting it and working with kids, it was uh, – it was really appealing to her. So it's helped us out business-wise a ton. Okay. So the nonprofit, does it – it funds that program for the kids? Is that basically what you're raising money for? Correct. So the nonprofit, um, all of the money will go directly to the kids. And I'm really excited about setting up this model that we're going to introduce um, I think in about three or four months. But we're going to get a bunch of local businesses to give us a stipend each year, so about $1,000. And then that will cover um, Blair's expenses. So it will cover all our overhead expenses. Um, so then it will be everything that's donated. You know, Even if you jump on the site and you want to donate a dollar, like that goes directly to the kids, not to cover any admin costs. Okay, okay. So I'm also curious, what brought that one kid into your box that day do you have any has he ever told you like why he came he's never told me and um i i am forever grateful for him um he ended up going into the army he still stays in touch um he comes in sometimes once in a while but um yeah it took him to just kind of uh 
you know, you have to have some, some heart and some guts, right. To just walk in and say, you know, can I work out to this big gym to this random guy? But, um, it was really neat that, uh, the story of that kind of founded the project. So we, we constantly tell that story about him and, um, I think it makes him feel really special too, but I'm not exactly sure what gave him that motivation to, uh, step in the gym that day. Well, and, and on top of that though, like, you know, some people could have just said either no or, or yeah, just come back tomorrow. But you, you asked him to come back tomorrow and bring some friends along as well. What was your mentality behind that about like, Hey, invite more, like, let's see what happens. <laughs> um, it go, it go, there's twofold. One, it goes deep down to my dream. Um, when I was a PE teacher was always to make a difference with kids. So what I always wanted to do was open up a camp for overweight kids. Um, it was just something that I kind of had a passion project for. And, um, I always kind of had that in the back of my head. And when he came in, he wasn't extremely overweight, but it just kind of reminded me of that. Um, I wasn't interested in doing a CrossFit kids program because we're in the city. So everybody in the city, whether you're in Baltimore or Boston, you kind of have a three-year-old or a five-year-old, then it's time to move to the suburbs. So we don't have a huge family demographic. Um, and those programs are really tough to keep up and run. And I, I didn't have the capacity for that. So I thought, why not just kind of feel that passion with, um, with having him bring some friends down. It turned into something. The other side of that is you always have to look for opportunities. Um, it, he could have not shown up. He could have uh, brought some kids and they could have trashed the gym. Um, who knows? Any number of things that people kind of will block in their head of reasons why they wouldn't do it. Um, but either way, it was going to make for a good story. Maybe he just came back once and I get to tell people that I, I helped him a little bit. But uh, it ended up turning into this whole nonprofit and I think it's about looking for opportunities uh, at, at every, every angle and every time when you're, when you're owning a business. Yeah. So what is, what is that? What does the program look like in a weekly basis? Like how often do they come? What do you do with in class? How, how does Blair go about, um, does Blair coach it or does she coach another class? Should be yeah, Blair kind of runs it. Um, okay. she, she's the forefront of it now. So before when it started and I was like doing the paperwork for the mom nonprofit raising money, the kids would come in. I've, I've been doing and programming for CrossFit for a while. I think of a workout, I put them through it. We'd high five. I'd send them on their way twice a week. Um, so it was like, I'm doing something, but it was just kind of, I'm barely keeping it afloat, you know? Um, so now when Blair has come on, um, she comes from a teaching background. She has her master's in teaching. She could have been a guidance counselor. She, she's kind of aligned our curriculum for the Community of Strength Project with the school curriculum and their standards. So um, everything's kind of lining up and matching for a fundraising point of view if we were to like go for grants and things. So the first semester that we have the kids is focused on goal setting. So they're coming in, we're talking about goals, how to set them, why they're important, and then the next semester, we're going to do leadership. And then um, the semester after that, we kind of tie the goal setting and leadership together. And we try to have them run some portion of the program. Little things like a warm-up or um, they help us with the workout. So putting them in the position to kind of make a difference. Um, and the really neat thing is that we host level ones at CrossFit Federal Hill. So we get a couple comp spots every time. And I give the comp spots to the kids. So we've had three or four kids now who are certified CrossFit level one trainers and they have come back and been able to help with the program. Um, cool. 
not in like a huge capacity, you know, they're not, it's not a full-time job, but it's neat to have them come teach a class and then giving them 25, 30 bucks for that hour, um, is money well spent in my opinion. I'm sure the donors would, would think that is really neat also. So, uh, yeah, you never knew, right? It's from that one kid who come in, came in and we didn't host level ones back then. Like we got lucky with how that all happened and, um, look at what it's turned into. It's been pretty cool. Man, you got to thank that one kid. Good job, right? Kid. I know. Arnett. <laughs> Way Arnett. to walk in the gym. So, and I think that's so neat that you've gone beyond just uh, you know doing CrossFit with the kids. It's it's like you said, goal setting, leadership. It's it's about these things that are are larger and more, even more impacting than just you know a simple workout. Um, I just think that is so neat that you guys have have added that in there and just just broaden the impact of the program. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think I can relate that back to the affiliate. And it's taught me a really good lesson about that where the kids have made such a difference outside of the gym and in their life. And they've told me they have more confidence. And we hear that a lot from people in the gym, too. I have more confidence outside, not just in the gym. That's why I come to CrossFit. But how can we harness that a little bit more in adults? And I've started to have more conversations with the members of uh, maybe not specifically on leadership and goal setting, but um, you know why they're here and what, what drives them to be here and how to be more positive and why we're doing the snatch today because it's going to make you better at this in life. And um, really kind of owning that aspect of it in the affiliate and not just saying like, you know, we're here to lose weight and get in shape. Of course, that's part of it. But uh, the bigger picture is, is why people stay around for a lot longer. Mm, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's neat that you're, you're trying to help them understand like what the bigger picture is, help them like realize it, maybe talk through it so that they, maybe some people don't even know why they're there. Sometimes the bigger picture is underlying reasons that you have yet to speak out loud. <laughs> yeah. And I think before I was a little embarrassed, like, I don't want to talk to like, you know, Tom about goal setting, you know, he's 45 and I'm 30. Like I, I don't have any, you know, say over that, but these people work, you know, eight hours a day, most of them sitting and they come in and they're looking to you for advice and inspiration. And, um, if you can take some time to, to, to read about it, learn about it. Um, I think there's a lot of important values that you can impart on people and not in like a preachy soapbox way. Just in like a when they're ready, when they seek out the advice, when they ask you for a little bit of help or seem down, then you can kind of bring out those tools in your toolbox and really create that that lifetime member. What are maybe some of those key tools that you have in order to talk to somebody about goal setting and help them through that? What I really look at, especially now, is anybody who seems to be in a negative place in the gym. And um, sometimes it can be hard to pick up on that. And sometimes it can be easy. But if from the start, we go back to like our core values and our mission, which is to kind of relate to athletes and be a little bit more to them than just a coach, then you should be able to read them a little better. So, um, you know, why have they been down about the workout or complaining about toes to bar or, um, man, it's another run. And it's always a negative place. It's kind of, um, approaching that in the soft way in the beginning like hey you know everything all right you know anything going on that you want to talk about or remember we're we're doing this workout because it's going to make us better in this position all the way to i've had um i've handed a journal to a couple of our athletes and told them to answer these two questions um what went well today and what do i need to work on and um both of those have made a profound difference um some people just want to chat with you and um Man, I've been having some issues. You're right. I need to get a little more positive. And um, 
other people have gone through like a month long journaling process and have come back and told me, you know, it's changed every facet of what they were doing inside the gym and outside of the gym. Wow. That's amazing. I think it's so cool to see that a CrossFit gym can have so much impact just beyond getting people fit. Like you're, you're changing lives in a very well-rounded aspect. I think that's Thank you. I appreciate that. And I I think it took a while for me to own that and harness it. And, um, I think it goes back to just doing whatever you can to educate yourself when it comes to business and and leadership. And I, I didn't learn it from just, uh, pretending I learned it from getting books like the seven habits of highly effective people, um, soaking up everything Ben Bergeron puts out, um, and, and attending those seminars and going to the level two and trying to befriend those trainers and, and keeping in touch with them. So, uh, just try to pull from wherever you can for inspiration. And um, along the way, you'll kind of uh, l- learn a lot of things that you can use in different situations. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, and then looking at the nonprofit, I'm kind of curious to know, what impact have you seen from it in your box and in, in your surrounding community? You know, maybe how have your members received it? How have your How has your staff received it? What has been the overall I don't know, tone that it's set or impact that it's had within the box in the community. Yeah, that that is kind of hard to put a actual number on, but I think it, it makes a insurmountable difference. Um, we just re- released a really cool video. I shot it over to you yeah, um, about the nonprofit. And um, when the amount of people who shared that that were members and said like the most touching things about this is why I go to CrossFit Federal Hill because it's more than a gym. They they make a difference and they they walk the walk. They don't talk the talk. And I mean, just share after share and and nice words after nice words. Like it it is something more than you could instill in any conversation, any workout, um, because they know that they're able to provide a place for these kids because they're a part of it. I mean, if they weren't paying their membership and we didn't have the gym, like that, that wouldn't be there. And I try to say that a lot when I talk about the nonprofit and let them know that, that they're helping to, to, to make a difference. Um, and I guess if I'm listening to this and you don't have anything like this established, like this took me almost four or five years to get to this place. So it's not like it needs to happen tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> just go out there and help in the community and people will notice, you know, when we first opened, we did a couple small things and, um, it made a big difference. So I, I would say it's a huge help. And I'm sure some affiliates will love to know how to go about doing that because maybe they want to get involved. Maybe they want to do things. Maybe they want to have an impact in their community. They just don't know how. So what advice would you give to, to get them out there, get them, uh, being a part of the community and, and serving the community in this sort of way. So the easiest one, if you're new is I, you know, is listening to the community. Like I've been saying this whole time, having good relationships with people. When we first opened, there was a guy who had, um, a city farm that he, uh, grew vegetables that were local for that were give to the kids in the schools. So I went out there, donated some money, shot a quick video, put it up on the blog. And the next day, you know, five or 10 people are coming in. That was so cool. You know, the vegetables and thanks for donating the money. And so that's simple, easy. Um, and you just have to put yourself out there a little bit all the way to, um, actually establishing a nonprofit, which I did all through legal zoom and the help of a few lawyers at the gym. So, um, it's all possible. You just kind of 
have to take that first step in um, diving in and actually trying it, exposing yourself and putting yourself out there. And it probably comes back to even just talking to the members because, like you said, that's how you got to know about that city farm is you talk to somebody. And I know before I, and I've chatted with affiliates, they say you just have to sit down and, and find out who your membership is, what they do, and, and who they know. And you could just <laughs> take off running from there because you have such a wide variety of people in your gym and probably great opportunities just within your membership. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Everybody has, you know, 10 to a hundred members. And from that small network, you can, uh, you can make a ton of connections. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, also, I'm just kind of curious, you know, what advice would you give when it comes to uh, running a nonprofit? Not everybody out there is running a nonprofit, but I am curious to know what maybe lessons you've learned in that time um, that you could uh, expound upon. Yeah, the nonprofit space was brand new to me. And um, I think it, again, is just about trying it, putting yourself out there and doing it. And I've learned a lot of lessons on the way. And hopefully we're able to establish this new way of raising money where local businesses kind of support all the back end costs and then all the donations go right to the kids. But in the beginning, um, the, the advice I would give would be to soak up everything again about what, what you're going into and learn about it. So, um, there was a few members at the gym who had done some nonprofit work. I took them out for a cup of coffee and, um, and just just listened. You know, what did they do? How did they get in the space? How do they raise money? Um, where do the funds go? Because it was a struggle for me in the beginning when I collected a thousand dollars. Like, well, I don't really want to pay myself. I don't need to pay for the gym to be open. How much money goes to the kids? Um, you know, we're going to go buy some journals for them. Well, the gym could really afford to just spend the fifty dollars, but. I guess it should be the nonprofit because it's for the kids. So I wrestled with all those questions and I just turned to people in the community and uh, resources I get my hands on for advice and help. And uh, I think it just goes back to constantly trying to learn. Yeah, no, and I was going to say that's probably the best cup of coffee you've ever had with those members. They're giving out you all that advice just over just $5 cup. That's great. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been um, – that's been a trick of the trade that I've learned from um, Chris Cooper, who's part of Two Brain Business, and uh, just just trying to take the members who you feel like uh, are the mavens in the community out for a cup of coffee and asking them a few questions. You will learn an insurmountable amount about your gym, and then probably learn a lot about business too, because most of those people are, um, you know, in 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 good jobs or a field that you could learn something from. Also, so yeah, that that was. Uh, it was a great cup of coffee. Yeah, no, I just, yeah, that's so cool. And I know I've talked to Chris about that before. And then also uh, Jay Williams from CrossFit Hale, he, he, they kind of both do that same thing. And I'm like, man, that is worthwhile coffee. We should all do that. So. Definitely. Yeah. I got it. I got it from those guys. So I got to give them a shout out. <laughs> no, that's, it's great. I mean, why not ask the people that you love and are in your gym about what they want? So no, for sure. Well, awesome. Well, Gio, we have talked about so much. Your nonprofit is is so cool. Like, where do you see it going? Where do you want it to go? What is the future for your nonprofit? I think it goes to the gym when it's like uh, I, I'm working on this, and it's about actually saying it and thinking big and believing it. And um, that's what I want to kind of do with all of the businesses and set goals and, and really push for that. So. A huge goal was to have somebody else come on and help out and run it. And now that Blair's doing that, um, 
it's provided a lot more time and clarity for me and somebody to work with. And I think the next goal would be to emulate off another person who, uh, who I love and has done some amazing things with Steve's club and trying to open up another chapter in another city. So, um, really trying to expand and grow, um, as far as we can. But, uh, looking, looking at the big picture and not just trying to think like all we can do is, is make a difference in Baltimore, trying to make a difference in other cities also. Mm, changing the world. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Gio, I, again, like, thank you so much for sharing about that. I think that's great. And, and I really think, uh, what you guys are doing is just awesome. And those kids, like we've already seen their lives have started to change and, and you've begun to have an impact on their future, which is so cool. So, um, yeah. And I think those are really every, all the questions that I had for you. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or any last words of wisdom for the affiliates who are listening? Um, nothing too specific. I, I guess what it all comes down to, uh, I've said this before a few times is just the constant pursuit of learning. And, um, there's not a, a two minute walk that goes by that I don't get out my buds and like throw in a podcast that has to do with business. Um, or, uh, when I lay down in bed, it's a book that has to do with business. And, uh, I'm just constantly trying to get better and learn. And, uh, I think that a lot of people, might look at successful individuals and think it just kind of happened, but um, it takes a lot of hard work and you got to put your head down and, and, and fight for it. But if you're open to, to learning and putting the time in, then I think, um, you know, the, the expectations are, are limitless. So what you're saying is people should read Box Pro Magazine and listen to Box Talk, which good job, guys. You're doing that right now. <laughs> exactly. Step one, they got the podcast on. Step two is grab the magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, just, just saying, I personally think it's great, but I'm a little biased. So, well, awesome. Well, Gio, thank you so much for just taking the time this morning, chatting with us, uh, just divulging, uh, your business, your nonprofit. It's, it's been so cool to talk with you about that. And we so appreciate having you on the show today. Of course, Heather, I appreciate the opportunity and um, thanks again. I, I really do.